As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. It really didn't feel like much of a bye week, if I'm being honest. The Chiefs and Eagles are now nearly a full week closer as we're here for our second episode of the week on this edition of Time Zars on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, sorry, notified ball knower Seth <laughs> Kaiser, Esquire. Is that is that actually right for you, Seth? What's your legal, what's your, what's your fancy title? Um, and, then Seth, and then Nate Taylor, beat reporter slash writer slash podcaster extraordinaire. It's it's knower of ball, mm. defender mm. of the faith, uh-huh. keeper of hope, yeah, king of times hours, and I can understand why it's hard to remember all that in a row. Master, I get it. Ma- Master Jedi in there, in there. <laughs> yeah, you know mother what? of dragons, first of his name, <laughs> breaker of chains. Yeah, you breaker know, of I, box scores. Yep, yep. These, these things are all true. Correct. Destroyer of narratives. I just want to say that I, I just, you know, I received a lot of very positive feedback for <laughs> Swagger Seth, which is apparently a thing. And <laughs> all right. Now I know I always viewed myself as completely unbearable when I behaved that way. I'm choosing to believe that I'm fun when I behave that way. <laughs> uh, look, I, Nate, did you get any <laughs> negative reviews for um, for Monday's episode? Because. I mean, they were negative to me. Like, I took them negatively because they were so positive about Seth's performance in particular. Yeah. Josh, people were sending me things on Twitter at halftime. (laughs) So I can only imagine. Uh, You know, I I, I pick my spots as to when I uh, see what everybody's uh, either messaging me or, um, you know, Sending to me that is publicly available for folks, uh, you know, if you want to go through all those um, mentions. It has been um, fascinating to me that, like, some person um, really, you know, we, we had a. All right, I'm going to just go quote for quote. <laughs> <laughs> this was Friday. Uh, so almost a week ago. Talking bleep about Arthur Bryant's move Moscow Communist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And then, that was uh, exclusively. That was Nate's Arthur Bryant bleep talk. I specifically yeah. withdrew myself from. Yeah, that. you immediately you immediately backed away. I don't want. Um, I can't take barbecue heat, man. It's I, it gets too serious. So I in 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 about almost two hours, I responded and I said, "Hey, it was largely a joke before we got into the discussion of the game." Just FYI, uh, thank you for listening, though. The fellas and I appreciate it. Then on Sunday, uh, before the game, um, this person, uh, who I will not reveal, said, uh, just reread my comment. Came off a bit harsh <laughs> than I intended. Shouldn't reply while driving. Whoa, yeah, For true. more reasons than safety. Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. No offense taken. <laughs> Look, um, I think as a blanket a blanket rule in Kansas City, if you're a little bit too mean while defending your favorite barbecue place, and then later on you circle back and say, "Hey, that was a bit harsh," I think you're good. I think that's Kansas City etiquette. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So look, swaggering Seth. Um. Tell us huh. what's gonna happen in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> look, I. There's a there's a reason why I was so swaggery <laughs> because those opportunities are rare for me. And man, I, I got to tell you, I don't know. And part of it, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, is that what I did with the Bengals, what I did with the Jags is, you know, I looked at their previous matchup with the Chiefs earlier this year, which was, you know, helpful, but not dispositive, but certainly helpful because it tells you about individual matchups. And then I looked at the last couple games that both teams played. Well, here's the thing. The Chiefs did not play the Eagles this year. Yep. And the last two games of the Eagles are completely useless to learn much at all about the Eagles. Um, It's like, yes, they were much, 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 much more talented than the Giants. No one doubted that. Like, everyone knew that. The Giants were punching out of their weight class, beating the Vikings, who were kind of punching out of their weight class, making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. And, you know, it kind of shows the value of getting a bye week because you might have two weird games and suddenly you're in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and and, hey, the Eagles deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I think I think they were always the second best or, or the best team in the NFC with only the Niners really being like like kind of a close thing. But I just can't learn anything about them from these last couple of games. And so I have no idea what's going to happen. And so I'm trying to figure out how to learn that. But also, and we could talk about this more next week. So I was like, well, I'll go watch them against really good offenses this year. Mm. Mm. Well, mm. <laughs> and, and I want to be real careful how I frame this because the yeah. Eagles on paper have a really talented defense. They're well coached. They got a killer defensive line. They've got good corners. I mean... They look good on defense. They look really good. It's just like, I can't take a whole lot from it all the time because it's like, wow, yeah, you really, you know, took it to Daniel Jones and the Giants. It's like, well, I mean, they they were an efficient offense this year, but they were limited, right? And I don't know. It's like the best offense they played this year was the Cowboys who put up like 30 plus. So I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. Genuinely none. So that's super fun. I'm glad I can help. It is kind of fun, though, because like to your point, I mean, we all could have done some form of how do the Chiefs match up with the Bengals 
without having watched like the regular season game this year or or without remembering the the playoff the AFC championship game that it was a rematch of like we have so many data points of yep. Chiefs Bengals and all the different intricacies of that plus let's be honest we've been watching the Bengals this year in a way we haven't been watching the Eagles because we were all kind of expecting that those two teams are going to have to play again mm-hmm. so it, it's just interesting to see a little bit less uh at the surface that way where I mean, Seth, you've you've uh, sort of earwormed the phrase uh, styles make fights into my vocabulary over the last couple of years um, in, in terms of the, the ways that a matchup can dictate how a game goes. And Nate, I think I know some things about the Eagles with some confidence. I think I know that offensive line is a, just a bunch of knife covered bowling balls filled with hate and anger <laughs> and Jason Kelsey in the middle of it. Like, I, I know some things about the Eagles. But I don't know how they match up with the Chiefs. We can get to a lot more of that next week. But I mean, from the Thursday before the weekend before, is that is that more or less where you're at? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to state some facts, guys. The season started on September 11th. And fresh off of hard knocks, the Detroit Lions scored 35 points on the Eagles. Yeah. And that was before the, the Lions offense was supposed to be good. Right. Right. So I know the Eagles got up on a lead and then eventually like, you know, they 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 managed the scoreboard fairly well. But hey, the, the Lions still scored 35 points. Um, it was Taylor Heineke, who, of course, as we all know, uh led the Washington Commanders to their uh win over the Eagles, the first loss of their season. They scored 32 <coughs> points on Monday night football. That's a lot of points. How? How, Sway? How? Um, mostly it was a team that was 8-0, and hey, at some point you're going to lose in the season. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, in a slump, put 33 mm-hmm. with Jordan Love involved. Um, you've already mentioned the Cowboys game. That was really their last, I guess you could say, test. Obviously, that game involved Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts because of the shoulder injury. Um but Jalen Hurst doesn't play on defense, and the Cowboys <laughs> scored forty points. Um, now there oh, was man, it was tur- forty. It yeah, was, it was 40. it was forty to thirty four. Now there were some turnover issues that did not put the defense in favorable situations, but sure. they still scored forty. Um, in the first matchup, I believe with uh, what's his name, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush put twenty six on him. So I mean, you know, or no, he put the seven. It was twenty six to seventeen. So and twenty six. Yeah. Oh, hey, no, I see. I see. Mike, they, they, yeah, Mike, Mike, Micah Parsons, uh, 26. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a it's been a very unusual um, season for them. But they, as I've said this before, top to bottom, they got the best roster in the league. Yeah, it's not it's not close, uh, but it's but the gap has gotten closer uh, because we know the Chiefs roster is better than I think most of us projected when the season began, just because the rookies were such a unknown or such a hard thing to sort of assess and project. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, if they get a lead, they can run the ball. That's what we that's what we found out. Yes, ultimately, it's like, hey, they know we're running the ball because we have the lead and we gonna run it right through you, around you, over you. Uh, rugby style, how you want it. RPO style, you want the quarterback to do it, you want Miles Sanders to do it, how you want it done. Um, that's what we've really learned is, God, they were up 28 to nothing at halftime. 
against the Giants in the playoffs. <laughs> By the way, kids, I didn't watch that game. Oh, <laughs> I'll get to that game, but ooh. Uh, so that's what we've learned is like their defense is very good and they can run the ball even when you know they're going to run the ball. And that is valuable in postseason play. Two things since you mentioned the turnovers also in that Washington game and the 40 burger uh, Cowboys game. Both of those games, the Eagles had four turnovers, which is Yikes. just yeah. so many. That that ain't even it, Chiefs level of, of, no. of weird games. Yeah. And that the, the question there is, is that repeatable or is that an outlier where it's, you know, they're not going to do that again. So they're better than that. Or is that kind of who they are? And then also it listen, I'm going to restate this because I'm sure we picked up some listeners since we've uh, had this discussion in earnest. But time of possession is a borderline useless stat that is more about how you got there than it is anything that you can use prescriptively going forward. Like, don't ever use time of possession as a stat to predict something. With that being said, sometimes even it gets me. Because in that Washington-Philly game, Washington had the ball for 40 minutes and 24 seconds to the 1936 of Philly. That's about the strongest time of possession pie chart I've ever seen. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything other than the Eagles couldn't keep the football around because they were not scoring and turning the ball over. Mm. But I've just never, I don't know if I've ever seen, I haven't seen very many 40-minute to 20-minute ratios. You know, these Eagles might be kind of a weird team. Oh, boy. Chiefs are kind of a weird team. What kind of game do you think they're going to have? <sighs> yeah, I, it's going to be funny when it's an extremely normal one. <laughs> like, <laughs> where there's like yes. not a single turnover. Both teams <laughs> play pretty clean. Not a lot of missed tackles. It, it, this is just kind of an Seth, interesting. Are you, Seth, are you saying they might be focused for the Super Bowl? Is, mm. is that what they're <laughs> these 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 teams and players and coaches might be focused like it's not week nine? Yeah, of an entirely too long eighteen week season where again both quarterbacks are hurt because the season is entirely too long, and they go play eighteen games in two years. It's awesome. I'm sorry. I love I love having this much football. I'm sorry. I love it so much. And I am part of the problem. I acknowledge that. But man, I love football so much. I just love it. I here's an interesting question. Just like as we start to bounce stuff around, I've just been thinking about this. If it is like a normal game, right? Like like not a, a non-weird game, would you anticipate Chiefs or Eagles to win? Yeah, I like that question. I have an immediate answer, but I, I, if Nate has one, I want him to go first. <clears throat> Say it one more time. Seth. If it's a normal game, normal yeah, game, if it's like a normal, a game, normal game. Nothing too weird happens. There's always going to be a few weird things in football games, but I mean like a, a baseline normal game. Both teams play it pretty clean. No turnovers on either side. Nothing too crazy happens. That's weird. What team do you think would win? Team with a better coach and quarterback. Ooh, interesting. That's kind of where I'm at on that. Is like, when in doubt, go with coaching quarterback. And I like Sirianni. I think he's a good coach. Is he Andy Reid off a bye? I don't think so. Now I know people. Wow, you know, with the bye, with didn't help with Tampa Bay. That's because there's no play design for we can't block them. Like, correct. 
That is not, when we've been over this before, so I don't feel the need to get too crazy about it. But it was just, well, and there's also no play design for, hey, our our incredible quarterback's going to hit guys in the face with the football multiple times. And they're going to drop it. That's Parall- what makes me while, mad. While parallel to the ground. Parallel oh. to oh. the ground. Is- it should be the greatest highlight of all time. Yeah. And, and the fact that it, I just, ugh. It was it, it it did move us forward decades in the the box score doesn't tell the story conversation yeah. about quarterbacks and except for Tom Brady fans who insist that he choked, which I can't help those people. I can't, you know? It is what it I, is. I, I got some disturbing news, fellas. Gosh. <laughs> what? Some truly disturbing news. I'm so concerned. Oh my god, man! If this is actual news and this the last 15 minutes of this show just never happened, no, it, it's not. It's not. It's not. Well, it'll be disturbing to fans. Um, it's not about the roster. It's not about an injury. Um, the Chiefs just used their Twitter account to yes. put some media day photos out. Of guys who clearly got some haircuts before these photos were taken, <laughs> clearly got a nice shave, a nice you know exfoliation. Um, look, trying to look your sharp because that's how they're gonna look on. Uh, who has the broadcast? Is it Fox? Right? Fox. Fox yep. has it. Yeah. Yep. God, I wish Troy was gonna be there. Me too. Um, man. Me too. Man, I, I miss you, Troy. Um, <laughs> it has occurred to those who have um, looked. Are the Chiefs going to wear red pants and white jerseys? As they should. I'm oh. here to be a contrarian today. I'm here to be a contrarian today. The red not... pants are good. Red it's... on red is bad. White on white, I get it. I understand why it's an appealing look. I, I understand the people who like it for why they like it. But red helmet, white jersey, red pants, and then ideally white socks without the red top. But we could talk about it. You know, whatever it ends up being, they're going to be fine. I like the red pants. Um... I think people are going to be, be disturbed by this by this development. This, oh, Eagles, great! The first time I've had a questionable fashion take. Because the Eagles are wearing all green. Is that right? Is that, that, oh, is that, that oh, I hope not. Oh, are they going mono green? I I, 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 I don't understand. Check. I'm looking at these responses. Okay, I'm 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 going to join Josh on contrarian yes. here. Does white on white really look that good? It's I, it's it's it's. Uh, guys, we're heading into a territory that I'm not sure. <laughs> we, the waters are a bit rough over here. <laughs> I'm not afraid of these waters. I want in. I'm jumping in. Come get me, sharks. Now, you have to remember in the 90s, they always wore white. That was sort of the Marty Schottenheimer era, uh-huh. date back to the old school, like real traditional chiefs. Um, Although they did wear red pants and like the AFL, like as it was modernizing itself to obviously join the league. Um, so like, I think there's a lovely debate on both sides of this. I just know that like, was it Guther Cunningham that brought the red pants back? I can't remember exactly. Um, but it had been perhaps two decades. Uh, and so with Andy Reid and obviously with the league being like, we want to do, you know, more jersey combinations and yada, yada, yada. You know, I think the <laughs> one of the little um, things you forget about the greatest football game that's ever been played in the regular season um, was that the Rams wore all yellow. Oh. Just, just, 
not great. But the Chiefs trying to good. ruin it for NFL films. Yeah, really, they really did. Uh, it, it is the one. It's the one blemish on a perfectly played football game in primetime against like what two ninety-one teams at the time. But anyway, the Chiefs were they wore all all white with obviously the red helmet. The helmet is never going to change. Um, but. You know, a lot of people were anticipating, like, hey, if, you know, if they're going to be the road team, they'll look how they looked in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Like, they'll be in the all-whites. That's what they wore, I think, earlier this year against the Chargers. So this is some deviation to us to a, to a degree. But I also know that, like, it won't be as difficult on the eyes as I think earlier this year they played the 49ers. And they did wear the red pants, I believe, that day against the 49ers, who were obviously a different shade but also have the same, you know, trio of, of colors in, in essence. So um, I just want to, you know, report here um, midway through the show that the Chiefs are going to wear red helmets, obviously, white jerseys, and red pants. And Seth and Josh are cool with it, and I'm just here to report the facts as they as they come in. The one place where I was willing to be shaken off this stance a little bit is that Super Bowl one? the Chiefs were all white. You got the Lynn Dawson cigarette and Fresca photo from that. That's white on white. And if they wanted to kind of go that route, I'd get it. But they're also wearing gray face masks in that Super Bowl. And that's not that's not where they ought to be going anymore either. Mm-hmm. I think the red pants are ultimately one of the most underrated and often rarely seen, but certainly one of the most underrated, I guess, accessory pieces to an NFL uniform anywhere in the league. I like the red pants. I like the white and yellow stripes on the side. I like that it balances off with the red helmet. It's a good look. Don't don't be don't be ashamed, Chiefs fans. The red pants are nice. Also, all the linemen appreciate it. They'd appreciate being the home team more, but we can only make so many miracles happen. Yep. Can only do so much. Yep. I hope the Eagles wear green over white though, and not not all green. I'm I'm fact checking <laughs> as we speak. Can I get out ahead of something? Sure. And completely change the subject here? Oh, yeah. Please. Um, Bob Sturm, who I really like, is starting. He, and I've seen this before. We're now, now that the Super Bowl's here, we're once again seeing the zillions of replays of Jimmy Garoppolo missing Emmanuel Sanders on third and 10 with 140 <sighs> left in, in Super Bowl 54. This is how close the Chiefs were to being 0-3 in Super Bowls after next weekend. Let me just say, the Chiefs, there was, a, you know, a buck 40 left. Chiefs still had a few timeouts left. What is the percentage chances that Mahomes drives them down for the win there? Like 96%? Zero. Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> Garoppolo lost the game. I... I just, I'm, I'm getting ahead of this. Quarterbacks at the Super Bowl. I'm getting ahead of this. The Chiefs had figured them out at this point. They were scoring and moving the ball every single time. Jimmy Garoppolo did not lose the Niners the Super Bowl. The Chiefs took it from them. And had he hit Sanders, I mean, that was a great play call, great route by Sanders. It's above, It would have only made that more legendary. And Can I... I'm sorry, you keep cooking. I got, I, just want, I got a side dish for you in a second. I just I just want to get ahead of that because we're going to be hearing about it this week, and I can't do it. I just can't. There's, there's here's, no here's, way. Here's some just here's a little side for your main your main dish, Seth. And then I, I would like to offer this to all Chiefs fans, and then we can talk about like you know actually uh, what, what was it news? But that's not true. We just talked about uniform news, and that's important. Here's here's my side dish for you. If anybody goes that route, and Seth's argument isn't 
isn't convincing enough for them. As a left-handed swing, may I just suggest that perhaps, perhaps, the most key difference between the Chiefs and the 49ers is that one of them had Patrick Mahomes and one of them had Jimmy Garoppolo. And sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo misses a deep ball. Like, that's the thing to me that is totally unhinged is... Well, you know, if if Jimmy Garoppolo would have thrown this perfect dart downfield, they might have had a better chance of winning the game. Yeah, I'd think so, which is probably why they traded their next 75 first-round picks to get Trey Lance, because they decided that they didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy in that spot anymore. What are we doing? Like, well, yeah, you know, you know, if the Chiefs had their entirely healthy offensive line and prime Randy Moss, I think they beat the Buccaneers. That'd make them 2-0 in Super Bowls. Take that. Checkmate. Um... Uh, all I can tell you is from my esteemed reporting uh, <laughs> skills that the Eagles will be in green jerseys. That is that is all the information we have <laughs> here keeping you up to date. You can tell it's the week before the week. <laughs> yeah. We're just yeah. like, Because, eh. I mean, I, I know people probably maybe still want to talk about the Bengals. I still got the Patrick Mahomes film review to do. Yeah. But everyone's forward-facing now. And um, that's this... one thing. The Mahomes film review is only relevant in as much as it affects the Super Bowl. And obviously, Mahomes is going to be healthier. And so, it, it's just tough to be forward-facing with a team that you don't know a lot about. Like... I mean, you know, I'm sure the answer is, well, Seth, why don't you go back and watch film of all all 17 of their games? That's an idea. It's hmm. definitely an idea. Um, probably not going to do that. Um, I'll probably uh, go uh, watch a couple condensed games. Yeah, uh, uh, find some other. I'm I'm going to gleam here, I'll fellas, that there is a particular sentence. Now the team, the team being the Eagles, will once again wear their most traditional Ooh. uniform. Okay. Interesting. So okay. that 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 leads one to believe, per my uh, understanding, that it's green on white. With That'd be great. Obviously, green helmets. Chiefs, red, white, red. Um, that, because they were the home team, this means uh, that the Chiefs will be wearing white jerseys. For the first time, by the way, despite the fact they went to back to back Super Bowls, I think the Buccaneers, they were the home team at their home stadium. I think they just chose to wear white because they do that at home anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was something that I had to Google today because I, I have blocked that game out of my memory so hard that um, I actually like wasn't I couldn't remember what color jersey Patrick Mahomes was wearing while he was levitating four <laughs> inches above the ground, throwing an absolute dime into Darrell Williams's face. <laughs> Who, by the way, Darrell Williams was in the locker room after Sunday's game. Really? What? Yes, he was. Yes. Yes, he was. Uh, really? There, was there were a couple of former players. Who uh, who went to Arrowhead for the game? Uh, Daryl Williams, notably, who actually got a chance to chat with Patrick Mahomes um, in the locker room, and then Alex Okafor was at the game on Sunday. No kidding. Good yep. for them. That's kind of nice. Okafor didn't end up on another roster this year, right? Daryl was not. in Arizona. He did not. At least at the yeah, beginning. yeah. Daryl was in Arizona before he had a, an injury, I believe. Um, yeah, but no, just you know, two guys cutting it up with some. Uh, with some AFC champions. That's kind of cool. Um, uh, I know people are wondering, teams wearing white jerseys have worn 15 <laughs> of the last 18 Super Bowls. With the exception of the Green Bay Packers over the Steelers, the Eagles over the Patriots, we all remember that, and the mm-hmm. Chiefs over the Jimmy Garoppolo-led San Francisco 49ers. 
Yeah, but if Jimmy Garoppolo was Patrick Mahomes, they totally would have lost that game. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about the new stuff from today because there was a little bit of an update, and then it'll lead us nicely into uh, Seth's film review of. I, I mean, I, I was going to say the most important pass catcher of the AFC Championship game, and that would jump him over uh, Travis Kelsey. Certainly, the most productive pass catcher of the AFC Championship game. Um, but the, we're saving Marquez Valdez Scantling because he's healthy. Uh, so let's start with the injury report, Nate. This is the the news today. They they had the estimated practice report on Wednesday. First actual practice was on Thursday. And and on Thursday, Willie Gay was limited. And then McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Legarius Sneed, and Kadarius Tony. none of those guys practiced, all the receivers and Sneed. Um, but Andy Reid did say that Tony was uh, on the right track or, or in a good place, something along those lines. I actually think he said Juju was in a good place. Yes. Um, and then McCole Hardman, he said... <clears throat> doubtful to be able to to make it to the Super Bowl so it sounds like his season is is most likely over um and then I I saw that Snead was out there stretching I didn't hear anything else about um I saw Juju out there in in photographic evidence so um what what can you tell us about the the state of all those injuries right now Nate as the Chiefs have the the good the good scheduling of of not having to play this weekend yeah so it appears that Legereus Snead is in step two of the five-step concussion protocol uh just to remind people that it means that you are under the oversight of the team's medical staff and you just go through a little bit of uh, cardiovascular exercises and that you might be engaging in stretching and balance training. So that is um, where he appears to be. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you would hope that he would, you know, by the end of the week, which is actually Saturday, their final practice will be Saturday this week because they're going um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Andy Reid said today that, they're treating today as if it's a Wednesday practice under a normal, you know, weekly schedule. And that uh, by the end of Saturday, the full game plan will be uh, implemented or will everybody on the team will know what the full game plan is. So then it's just about obviously practicing it and perfecting it in Arizona next week. Um, with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, it is, I think, optimistic uh, to see him uh, be with his teammates today. Um, you know, I get the sense that Willie Gay is going to play, um, but that the team is just obviously trying to be uh, as precautious as they can. Uh, there were no pads today at practice. So it's just a welcome back um, sort of session today. Um, again, as they go on a more longer ramp up to obviously uh, next Sunday's game. Um, with, with Kadarius Tony. He was put on the injury report as both an ankle and a hamstring. Andy Reid only talked about the ankle today, but I did I did notice in the injury report it is ankle slash hamstring. Um, so I don't know if that's the left hamstring because of the left ankle injury that obviously he sustained in Sunday's game. But I will say this: he 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 walked pretty well out of the locker room on Sunday night. Um, so with a week from now, I think the big thing is, can Kadarius Tony be a limited participant or a full participant in Thursday and Friday's practice next week ahead of Super Bowl Sunday? Um, as some people suggest, and as this was discussed after the press conferences, Andy Reid did his best to applaud, take his cap off, uh, 
everybody acknowledge and give McCall Hartman a round of a round of applause. Hmm. Um, he looked in the camera and didn't say this out loud, but both, but basically told um, McCall Hartman's uh, marketing rep and agent cut up this sound of me saying how tough this dude is. And we've always kind of known that, which um, was proven Sunday because this is the worst injury that McCall Hartman has had in his career as he's getting ready to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, It is not expected that the team will use the franchise tag. So he's going to hit free agency when the season ends. Um, Basically a day before Valentine's Day. Um, But I thought Andy Reid tried his best to explain that while we're not going to tell you what the injury is, and it's in his, uh, he was, he's designated now as pelvis. It's not abdominal anymore. It's just pelvis. Um, so he's got a couple things to work through, but but I thought it was, um, it is rare for Andy Reid, essentially ten days before the Super Bowl to say, yeah, he ain't making it, which is which is. Honestly, heartbreaking because every player works to have one of the rare chances to play in the Super Bowl. He's done it earlier in his career. Obviously, the Super Bowl win in Miami and the loss, of course, in Tampa. Um, But the discussion after the press conference is, you know, will will that be the last time we see McCall Hartman in a Chiefs uniform? What are his prospects for free agency? Um, and I'm sure I'm sure he's going to be with the team in Arizona. Um, but you know this could be pretty much the 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 final chapter of his time in Kansas City. So I just you know I'm not sure we're going to talk about him at all next week because we're talking about him now, and the game will sort of carry its own weight and significance for a lot of people on the team. Um, but I don't know if McCole Harmon is going to come back on like a one-year deal. I don't know if Andy is doing his best, um, to get him ready for, uh, hopefully continuing his career without having to deal with the injury that he dealt with earlier this season. Um, and his last snap was a important one. It helped the Chiefs convert on third down. Um, and I kind of got to have it moment in the second half. So it's a, uh, it's been an interesting four years for him, but it appears that uh, Andy Reid basically said it concludes today. Anything on that, Seth, that you think is interesting, either in the micro or the macro sense, with McCall um, Hardman in particular? I I just think with McCall Hardman, he's a player that because of the expectations that were placed on him, both because of where he was, well, for three reasons: one, where he was drafted, um which, you know, the, there's no coincidence DK Metcalf was shortly after that. Uh, two, the context surrounding the, the, the time he was drafted and what was going on with Hill, kind of everyone, oh, it's the Hill replacement. Um, and three, his, his genuinely unique speed. Um, he really is unusually fast. Like, he really is, when he's healthy, like, he's right up there with, like, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill as, as, like, like, everyone's, like, you know, just a tiny notch below Hill at, at best. But, like, he's right up there with Waddle as, like, the other fastest dude in the league. Because of that, the expectations that were foisted upon him 
were maybe never quite fair based on his college film and based on maybe what should have been expected of him. But he's been, from the time he was a rookie, he has been a an important contributor every single year as a chief. And I think he's a good example of how people tend to view contributors that aren't stars. Mm. It's they're either beloved or they're treated like disappointments. And a lot of that depends on how they came to the team, right? You know, mm-hmm. if Cole Hardman were a seventh round pick, he'd probably be more beloved in Kansas City. I think as it is, his contributions to the team get a little overlooked. Yeah, I do too. There was right before he got hurt and right before they traded for Kadarius Tony. I've referred to this a couple of times. We were we were talking on on the radio show about like who the next most important pass catcher was behind Hill and Juju and or behind uh, Kelsey and Juju. Sorry, um, and it was like we all kind of agreed at that point. It was pretty obviously McCole Hardman, especially in how the offense was evolving. And then that was about the end of his season and and perhaps the end of his time in Kansas City. So, mm-hmm. um, if, yeah, if, we can. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, you're, no, I was going to say we could talk about him more it, when there's news this offseason. But it, whatever else you've, you've got, let's put a bow on it. Yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, it's third and four. Got to have it. Um, he adjusts his route in the middle of the play, sits yep. down in a zone for 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 Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, fires it in for him. He takes what it was a two. I can't. I'd have to. I don't have to play right in front of me. It's at least two guys. It might be three. Um, he basically gets crunched. Mm-hmm. Um, and that drive ends with the MVS touchdown. So, um, he made a pivotal play in the second half of the AC Championship game. Um, when really I don't know what his percentage was, but he was, he was, he was out there. Um, because they needed him, and and he was trying to do the best he could for his teammates. So I just want people to, to understand, um, you know, the, the, the oddity of his injury. Cause again, um, well, I guess I'll share this now. The way it works guys is because your team is in the Super Bowl, Every person in the organization should be available on the football operational side, which means coaches and players. Now in 2019, um, every player and assistant coach was available for reporters. So um, we'll see if the Chiefs do their part, but maybe McCole Hartman will give some insight to what he has been dealing with essentially yeah. since early November because, yet again, per the NFL's rules, because the Super Bowl is the literal apex of the league, the sport, it is a national holiday I think it would be fair for McCole Hartman to be alongside his teammates to discuss what has occurred in the season. Um, the way the team works when they are not in the Super Bowl is that injured players are not allowed to discuss their injuries with reporters during the season. And we used to get Rick Burkholder, and we ain't got him since <laughs> COVID. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Rick used to come out and like, do everyone a favor because coach ain't a medical expert. I ain't a medical expert. And like if the guy's in treatment, usually Rick would come out and give, you know, an update or give, um, some, again, insight, some information, uh, so that it was obviously everyone just understood better. Uh, for whatever reason, the team's chosen not to do that anymore. Um, sure would be nice. You could have Rick Burkholder come out and kind of do the name drops of all the people that have worked really hard on all the great rehab. And, you know, we've heard about Patrick Mahomes' ankle and Travis Kelsey's back. And, 
uh, how how much work went into that. That's uh, usually done by people whose names we don't know, which we could we, we could know more of if we got to hear from uh, Rick Burkhold a little more often. So I hope that we get to see McColl, um, you know, helping his teammates, trying to enjoy the Super Bowl experience as best he can. And if given the opportunity, hopefully he can share um, how he was setting himself up for potentially a career year. And then um, because of one play, because that's how violent the sport is, uh, things have changed since. I liked when you did get to hear from Rick Burkholder. Uh, he's an interesting fella. He's only been doing yeah, it as long as Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet he could speak to the media and, you know, do it in a way that would give some insight and highlight some good people's good work without, you know, accidentally spilling all of the Pentagon secrets. I bet he could do that. I would trust him to do that. Yeah, I don't know. He probably doesn't know how to do that. That <laughs> seems ridiculous to me. It's not like a medical professional has any sort of training or discussion about confidentiality, <laughs> do they? Uh, no, I think I think he'd get up to the podium and there would just be hippos everywhere. Just nothing but hippo <laughs> violations. Just big, round... Water mm. cows, just that's what it is, right? Yeah, violations. yeah, yeah. When you violate a hippo, yeah. which that's you know, don't honestly, because do, they are they are machines, you, man. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No, yeah, no, that's no. Don't even a hippo. doubt a hippo. You don't want to do don't it. question a hippo. Don't ask a hippo how its day is unless you really want to know. <laughs> you ask a hippo, "Hey, what's up?" and then you like keep walking away. That hippo. That hippo might say, hey, that wasn't very genuine. I don't appreciate it. Yeah, no. They're, they're, they're very... You ever see what a hippo can do to a watermelon? Ooh. I have. Mm. Have you ever seen what a hippo can do to a lion? I don't know. Yeah, oh my goodness. So, this we're, we're just going so far afield here. But there's no game this week. I have watched <laughs> I, I have watched a video, and it was like one of those, you know, David Attenborough, you know, things, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he's on all of them. And so this group of lions attacked a hippo at night and it was like going to land and they were like climbing on its back and scratching at it. And apparently hippo skin's so thick that it's like, eh, I'm bleeding, but it's not that big a deal. And <laughs> and then finally it just like turns its head and manages to ke- grab one of the lions within its mouth. And let me tell you, did you know that like two thirds of a lion fits in a hippo's mouth? Like, no, like I guess I did it. it. Yeah. It was bad. The thing was very hurt. The rest of them fled, and they were all like, holy crap. I mean, you could see it. It was hilarious. And, yeah, that's why you don't violate hippos. I would encourage everyone to um, – I, I just Googled hippo muscle structure. I, I the, the one, like uh, – the one graphic I'm looking at right now is hippopotamus anatomy model. Um, yeah. And I, I encourage you to do this because, for me, I got to go to the – I think it was at the Cedric County Zoo growing up in Wichita. And they have like one of those, um, you know, like underwater swimming areas for the hippo, but it's glass out front. So you can see it just kind of float by. And so you just see this big round tub just floating by every once in a while. It'll kind of swim around or might run on the bottom and you see them out just sort of meandering around. But when you when you see what it looks like when you when you see the muscle structure, basically, this is how I assume Jason Kelsey is built. Where it's like the shape would indicate some roundness, which might indicate some some blubber. And that is simply not the case with a hippopotamus. <laughs> like everything you're seeing is just muscle fibers from as far as I can tell as not at a, not at a hippologist. <laughs> but that's they they seem 
like they might just be, well, we talked about manatees on this show. They seem like they might just be kind of floating around. And these things are just rippling muscle disguised as a, as a water cow. I'm glad we do this show together. Yeah, me too. Again, you know, just on a side note. There's no game this week. No they game call, this week. They call, no game. No game this week. You mentioned no water cow. Yeah. And people call manatees sea cows, right? Yeah. And like that's supposed to be comforting to you. And let me just tell everyone who calls manatees sea cows, because that's how someone was like trying to put my mind at ease. We're like, well, they're like the cows of the sea. And I was like, you clearly did not grow up in the country. Because let me tell you. Nine out of 10 cows are a super chill animal. One in 10 cows is a homicidal maniac that will go through, around, above, anything but an electric fence to kill you. And way too many people, I'm sorry, I had to get this off my chest after four. No, I'm glad that okay. we started the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah, yeah. the manatee. There's cows of the sea. And I was like, where did you grow up? Because I yeah. grew up in rural North Dakota and Missouri, and I have run from some cows, man. And yeah, me, cows are big. Cows, they're huge, and they're mean, and they're faster than you'd think. So quit calling manatees sea cows because they're way nicer than cows. I did not have one of them try to murder me. I'm just looking at pictures of hippos now, and guys, <laughs> hippos are cool. Welcome to Time's Ours. Welcome, hippos are neat. Well, uh, <laughs> See, baby hippo, baby hippos are the best. I was going to give this are... little baby hippo a little hug and just take it with me on a little mm. adventure. I was going to put it mm. in my hoodie pocket and walk around. And they're underrated, <laughs> like Marquez Valdez-Scantley. Hey! I was gonna say, yeah, you know, it's that the real hippopotamus of the offense. It's not him. I don't know who it would. I think is it Isaiah Pacheco? Is Isaiah Pacheco the hippo of the hippopotamus of the Chiefs' offense? It's gotta be an no, offensive it's, it's lineman, Trey, it's right? Trey Smith. It's yeah, Smith. yeah. Like yeah. I don't even know what we're doing here. No, Sorry, it's man. gotta. That's, I think you're right. That's it's the rare miss. No, Pacheco would be more. What is he? I mean, he's a. Is he a badger? No, um, this is, see, I, Pacheco can run through you and not even feel it. That's why I went there first. And you're right, it's, it's Trey Smith. But I, I think that Isaiah Pacheco would be, he would be not getting enough credit if you're just like, yeah, he's a gazelle. No, he's not. No, 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 no. he's not a gazelle. He, he doesn't want to be a gazelle. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, that's not how he plays. Exactly. He might just be uh, a mountain goat. Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> that's not <laughs> bad. It can be a, maybe a ram. Yeah. Like a like a big Ooh, a ram ram. Ram. To, to continue with wow Seth really did grow up in the country a little bit thing. Let me just say if you call someone a goat like not like the greatest of all time but like they're like a goat. Goats are psychotic man. Yeah goats are crazy. Like they are insane. And so like you know you want to talk about like you could hit a goat with a car and it would spring right back up <laughs> just like Isaiah Pacheco does every time he gets hit. So maybe he is a goat because it's just like. He could have a building fall on him, and he is like going to be scrambling to his feet to try to sprint back to the huddle. I'm amazed yeah. the teammates are like, "Bro, you have got to chill." Like, so, so shout out to Nate Tice, who uh, a few days ago you can check out his Twitter account. Does a wonderful job, obviously uh, analyst for the Athletic Football Show. Um, he put out. I don't know if I should send this to you all, but like, he put out two pictures. Frame by frame next to one another from the all twenty two. Oh yeah, I saw this. It's so, yes, it is Isaiah Pacheco being um, hit low and hit high by two Cincinnati Bengals in the open field, not in, not in the hole in the open field. I think he, I believe this is the play where he chipped and then released on like a little swing route, and the, and the Bengals are like, "Cool, we're waiting." Uh-huh. Um, the next gift is four Bengals chasing him. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's so great. The next picture is four Beagles being like, "How is he still running?" Oh. And I mean, like they're falling over each other. I yes. mean, it's just—it's outrageous. It's, it's so two—it's two guys in on contact. Two guys making contact, doing exactly what you want. We got guys. We got hats to the ball with a big S hats, baby. Um, with two other hats, just waiting to clean it up. How you get extra yards? How? <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can either tell you a goat story about my childhood or I can ask you about MVS, Seth. I mean, that's... You know that literally every time I'm going to pick the goat story from your childhood. <laughs> so as you've written on the Chief of the North newsletter, uh, the mnchiefsfan.substack.com is the URL. And if you're not already subscribed, there's another oh, deal. Man. I could just... I, Super I would, Bowl discount! I wish a hippo <laughs> would run over my internet connection. Um, but since there's no hippos here, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you saw when you went back in and, and rewatched for MVS, Seth, uh, calling him the, the unsung hero and the wide receiver the Chiefs needed. And really, guys, like, literally, yeah, the <laughs> receiver the Chiefs yeah. needed because even Justin Watson wasn't active in that game. Yeah. Mahomes would step back to pass and he would say, okay, so they got three dudes around Kelsey. And that was most snaps by the time the game was like in the second half. And, you know, were they like all the three lined up in the line of scrimmage? No, but they might as well. That might've been a better plan. Like we're all just going to sit here and hold Travis. Um, He looked, he stepped back, saw that. He's like, okay, there's three dudes around Travis. I have a hurt ankle. Can't scramble quite as much as normal until the game is hundred percent on the line. Are there any adults in the room? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this was like an emergency situation where you just look around and like, okay, who are the other adults that can help me? This was like, and the gladiator reference is going to go over your head. This, this was I've Commodus Maximus saying, anyone in here ever been in the army? Someone saying, hey, I have. He looks at him. You can help me. Because Mahomes looked around. He was like, okay, Sky Moore, you know, he's still a rookie. He's not going to make the sight adjustments I need. Marcus Kemp, oh boy. Good special teams player. Coach, where's everyone else? Like, yeah, what? where is everyone? And MVS, it's like, all right, who are we going to have run the Kadarius Tony half moon route? Can Hardman? Nope, Hardman's out. Tony's out. Uh, who? Well, we got MVS. You want MVS to run a half moon and try to get yak? Yes. Well, who else can we do it? We got MVS. And that was, <laughs> that was it. That was like the end of the thing. We got MVS. That was like the answer to every question. They asked him to gain yak 
They asked him to run a juju route where him and Kelsey are basically stacked up at the line of scrimmage on third and eight. They try to take advantage of the zone coverages there to where he, Kelsey goes outside, uh, MVS goes inside. The uh, the the Bengals are running a zone blitz. They're like sending the house. You got to get the ball out immediately. The defenders make a choice on Kelsey because man, they were terrified of Kelsey. He gets the ball like three yards short of the sticks with two defenders, and he's got to try to fight his way through. And the sneaky son of a gun pops his nine foot arm out there, <laughs> which was awesome. That was like, I mean, and he gets the first down. They were asking him to do all these things that they normally wouldn't ask him to do. Should they ask him to do it week in and week out? Absolutely not. That was one of the things when I wrote about him and I wrote about some of his contributions. One of the first things a bunch of people asked was, well, should we anticipate this every week? I was like, no, like <laughs> that's just not who he is. The bigger thing for me, the Bengals came in with a plan to try to take advantage of a Chiefs team that they viewed, especially once Juju got hurt and Kadarius Tony got hurt. They said, man, it's Kelsey and no one else. We're going to play single high because we're kind of scared of the run game a little bit. We are going to play man across the board because Mahomes chews up zone. And we are going to sit on these intermediate and shallow routes. And these receivers can't punish us for it. And MVS did multiple times, um, taking advantage of single high coverage with man. And he is like living in Mike Hilton's nightmares right now because Hilton cannot cover him. Once you get past 10 yards, he's just not fast enough. And it is really cool to see. I mean, they ran the same route against the same concept to get 20 plus yard gains. It's like, I think they're playing single high. Emmy, go, go, <laughs> run. That dude can't keep up with you. And he's like six inches shorter than you. Um, MVS, it was such a cool thing to see his skill set get taken advantage of. Him and Mahomes have, haven't connected all the time. Um, this year and it's a cool thing to see there's a ton of stuff in the article to look in terms of what they did but the biggest thing I would say is they punished single high Mm. and that is what you need if you're the Chiefs that's the reason they got MVS they needed someone to punish single high and be a legitimate threat down the field that that might be the answer to the question I've been kind of sitting on but I'm, I'm curious if there's another element to it for you You've already said, like, no, look, this isn't this isn't about to be the blueprint. But is is there a lesson to be learned anywhere in here, either in terms of something the Chiefs offense needs more of, even when there are guys who are out there healthy? And is there anything that you felt like you learned about what MVS could do that he could do more often at all? Like you mentioned the little half moon route and just watching some of these these gifts on the, the newsletter are very funny. Um, just because a lot of the times it's just sort of him standing around and his feet are kind of moving and the ball shows up and he takes off. Yep. And I like I understand all the things we've talked about his skill set actually being uh, a good fit for. But if there's a chance for him to just kind of be in space and then to have a few yards to get up the speed and then just be kind of a big dude running pretty fast. I've seen things in on an NFL field that I've liked less than that. I, I like that. OK. Oh, 100 percent. And that's the big thing is it feels like all year they've been really looking for for his 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 niche. And and the, the thing of it is they 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 put him in some contested catch type situations. That is a hundred percent not his jam. That is not <laughs> how he works. But he's saying he not a he not a ball getter. Go no, get the ball. No, 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 he is not a ball getter. If it's contested, now if he's alone, he might now, adjust and that dude that's, is lanky. That, yeah, that, make, that was, it, I was I was about to get to it. Go ahead. Discern the difference between those things because he 
pulled the ball out of the sky. Yeah, that was awesome. But that's not what you mean when you say contested catch. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. when he's got to deal with contact at the catch point, that's problematic for him. And if you want him to get open against aggressive physical coverage, shallow, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, he, what he, he can really- do, he can accelerate. He can walk away yes. from dudes. And that matters, including with the ball in his hand. And that is something that I wonder if they haven't really explored. Is he going to be a yak guy like breaking tackles? Not really, but he is real fast. And he is a lot bigger than a lot of these corners trying to tackle him. And uh-huh. so and so he's going to gain extra yards because his legs are 19 feet long. <laughs> and he that matters. He, uh, as I've said before, he reminds me of Joey Gallo. Uh Great thing is, is that like, hey, he's he's he he fits really well in this offense. You almost uh, certainly mean Joey Galloway, right? Not the baseball player Joey Gallo. No, Joey Gallo. Like he he is he. No, oh, part of part nope, of this. Got it. Sorry, we're back again. I was confused as to why you reminded me of Joey Galloway either. His name I haven't thought of in a long time, but we've. <laughs> I forgot we've done the Joey Gallo thing before. Yes, uh, because now some of this is on Mahomes, obviously, because as Seth has said, he has missed him. When he's been open deep downfield, like at several points of the season, um, so it is a credit to to the fact that MVS has um, consistently got open in like the intermediate to deep areas of the field. But this is hey guys, this was the game where Joey Gallo had one home run, That's right. two doubles, and no strikeouts. Joey like, Gallo uh, back in just 20, uh, 2021, for example, led Major League Baseball in strikeouts while hitting thirty eight home runs. But when them home, but when the ball hits the bat, man, yeah, and that's what he does for the offense. Like it's when the ball hits the bat, it is gorgeous. <laughs> um, <laughs> and look, it's it, it's it's so cool too because, um, in all of this. It is him understanding, uh, as basically Patrick told us today in the in the press conference. Yeah, he was telling guys where to line up. <laughs> like, hey Marcus, yeah. how you doing, Doc? You yeah. you 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 the two or hey, you the you the you the X and I'm the Z or you know whatever the situation was or hey Sky, uh, I know you didn't run this route in practice this week because we had checks notes, Kadarius Tony, Juju, and McCole. By the way, you're running this. All right, ready, break. (laughs) (laughs) So he was he was like an ultimate teammate um, in Sunday's game, and you know had the best game of his of his season and the biggest game so far. Uh, But yeah, I mean, like the the idea that he can uh, probably do more than we realize, but he is very good in his role. um, Does speak to the fact that hey. He's he he has value, even though we haven't really seen it in full blossom until, you know, Sunday. I want to go back to Seth here and let you respond to what Nate just said. But just before I forget, and since I did forget about the Joey Gallo bit and then ended up on Joey Galloway's pro football reference page. Burner, Joey Galloway, burner. Guys, he's 51 years old. Does that I re, like I remember watching him play. Now he was he was in his late thirties. He did in fact play until he was thirty nine, which certainly helps. You know, I I'm sure that that's Josh. You've got um, <laughs> you you've got got a few more a, of these coming. You got a few more of these coming there, buddy. Because yeah. like 
Let me just tell you. 51, huh? I 51? remember watching Young 51, Sean Kemp play. Like, this is, like, we, let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, what no. What about, I, what about is, Mike Allstott? Yeah. Oh, like, no. How old is Mike Allstott? Oh, no. <laughs> like, these are... This it just gets worse, and now that Tom Brady's oh, retired, Mike Allstott's forty nine. Yeah, this oh, is this, this is just to gonna get worse, my friend. What's bad is when you start getting older than the coaches. I don't think I have one of those yet, but it's definitely coming. It's gonna be a McVay or a Shanahan. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta be in your thirties, and then you're like, oh dang. And then, like, it doesn't help that Brett Veach is 17 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Alexander is 45 and he retired in 2008. Well, yeah, then there's Tom Brady, who is a vampire, so. Mike Kafka, who might be a head coach of a week, is 35. That's fine. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, 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 we get it. You're under 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Josh, you're under 30. Yeah. He's 30 freaking Let me just five. tell you, more of these moments are coming like a freight train. And you're going to yeah. start, like, when people, like, see, like, you know, Patrick Sertan Jr. coming in, and you're yeah. like, wait, wait. Like, that, those are weird moments. And Sam it's Ma- the one thing Sam that I'm Madison always going to. said, wait, I played with his dad in the league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the one thing that is going to just be interesting to see if this helps or hurts me in the long run is that I will always be about the same age as Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think I'm either a year, uh, you know, it's a handful of months or something like that. And so that will be a, a barometer that could help me at a certain point. But then eventually I'm going to look at a 45-year-old Patrick Mahomes and I'll probably just call one of you guys then. And if one of you could just be available to talk me down, um, that just go ahead and pencil that in for about, let's say, 15 to 20 years from now. Fair. We're all going to need it when Patrick Mahomes is in his 40s. But yeah, that's a long ways away, I hope, because it also means it's a long ways away from me, which is the thing that I'm now really grappling with because Joey Galloway is 51 years old. Okay, anyway, <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a good tangent episode of Times Ours. That's true. Yeah, we did <laughs> if there's one thing that hippos lacks, and... it's tangents. Well, a lot of people are like, God, oh, you guys are too on point. <laughs> yeah, so many, so really many great, fair. just so many great analysis and notes and you guys ever look at the reviews for the not anymore there was one that really hurt my feelings and i was like (laughs) and i was like never again yeah and i was like man you know i that was mean (laughs) like i don't know like i I, I we try so hard yeah we're trying really hard like and yes i could just open the show and well, we know the Chiefs defeated the Cincinnati Bengals by a field goal late in the game. Blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Like I just that the, the whole reason me. I ended up on that on on just sort of checking some things is because uh, I was I was having a, a I'm conversation. I'm gonna give myself five stars. I, <laughs> go give us five stars, everybody. You can tell how fragile we all are. Um, yeah, will you please save me? If you made it this far into the show, you're someone who likes what we do. And I appreciate to be. that because yeah. we are having fun. And this is like, what, what I like about this, honestly, is this is what it feels like when we just sit and talk, too. So it's That's nice. right. That's right. It really is just that, but except for I have a little voice in my head that's like, you should talk about the Chiefs every once in a while. <laughs> like occasionally. Yeah, but, it's really rare. Yeah. If, but uh, I was I was talking to a, uh, a colleague about just some podcast stuff, and it came up that like our numbers are, are like charting in the uh, American football category. 
been really good. And we're, we're, we, we are, the stocks are up on Times Ours, which I mentioned so I can just be very appreciative of everyone who's listened to this show all year and continues to share it and maybe even got through all the hippo talk um, to get to this point today. Really, I, I, I almost sent you guys a screenshot and then I thought I'll tear it before the show and then I forgot until this moment. Um, but it was like, oh, that's, that's pretty neat. I'm, I am very grateful for that. And then I eventually ended up on the review pages and, you know, it's, it's a lot of people who really, I think, get the show. And for me, it's not even the one star reviews that get me. It's the ones that are like four stars where it's like really good content. Wish they laughed less. It's like, oh, it's like, hey, oh, yes. Why do you, why do you not want us to be happy? <laughs> what the, what kind of crappy thing is that to wish on a fellow human? Hey, you know, I, uh. I appreciate the content that you guys have, but you have really so much joy when you do it. It's all right. It's a very small minority of people in the reviews. Please don't hear me assuming that this is most people. It's definitely not. But man, sometimes those just really blindside you and you're not expecting it. It's like, I just, unfortunately, sir, I j- that's one part of the show. I don't think we're probably... We're probably going to change that much at this point. Unless I become less amused by your guys' antics, I just well, don't see happened that to me naturally over the years for you, at least. Yeah. But. Well, no, yeah, and that's the thing. Gradually, it'll die out, at least with my stuff. <laughs> my stuff wears off. Um, the only if there's person anything that I've learned over the, the years is that eventually your joy fades. Yeah. The only person it hasn't for is my wife, who, by the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but she's hot and awesome. <laughs> Where's Randy? <laughs> Randy, can Randy do another uh, an updated uh, bingo card when this season ends? Yes. Oh, man. oh, I don't want to give him homework. He's already busier than I am. Well, spring training's <laughs> around the corner, so I'm sure he's yeah. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's swell. Um, I'm so glad uh, we don't have to end this with the predictions. We're gonna do a lot woo. of cheesy. Here, 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 let me uh, let me lay this out also, and then you guys can decide if there's anything that you need to say that we haven't said yet. Um, other than I thought at the beginning of the show, this might be a shorter episode. Stupid. Uh, we will be back. I think the plan right now, Nate, Nate is going to Arizona. Um, so I think the plan now is that we will do a show on Tuesday next week um, that will include all the things that Nate learned and heard and uh, all the people we got to talk to on kind of the big media night on Monday. And then we'll do another show, most likely Thursday, but if it's... I don't know. We'll figure it out next week on the back end. But yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have a show Tuesday and then later in the week to uh, to get into the Radio Row experience or the media experience. Not really, not really the Radio Row experience for Nate, but like the uh, the media night on Monday where things are trending. And then later in the week, a genuine, honest to God Super Bowl preview um, that we will, uh, much like the NFL, we'll stick to the script this time. How about that? Oh, oh, what? Oh, did I say it out loud? The refs literally gave this game to Cincinnati, as a wise man once said. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Why? Why, man? Why? Sorry. Uh, right, we'll stick to this. <sighs> go go ahead, little, Seth. Go the ahead. The Arian Foster. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it was, that. that's the, that's what gave me joy again in the this conversation. Tweets, I was over it, but that's the, so good. The, the. Uh, I think you should leave screenshot for Alex Smith in week 11 of 2018. It's, it, your D Ford one using yourself as a meme was outstanding. It was so funny. I, if you haven't, you look up Aaron Foster and the, you know, him, oh, it's rigged. And they're obviously messing around, people. I, I think so. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, you know, and, and all the quote tweets. I think Marlon Humphrey was like, well, that's why I gave up 200 to Chase. Like, that's funny. Like, it was really, really great. But, like, then you consider some things like, all right, Alex, in week 11, we are going to basically rip your leg in half. And you're going to almost die, but you won't. Like My what? favorite was just the the, the follow-up line. I don't know. It, it's PFC commenter and Arian Foster. And then I, I apologize for not knowing who, like, the – the guy on the side was who who came in to follow up Arian Foster, which is uh, how did you receive the news in 2015 that your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? And that line got me so good <laughs> that I'm going to remember it forever, I think. <laughs> oh, man, the Internet is the best in the world. I wish they had less fun on that show. Really, I think it'd be a better show if they just weren't so so happy all the time. Well, yeah, if they stopped smiling and laughing, it's like, <laughs> what are you so happy about? I don't like that it feels like I'm complaining about our reviews now. That's really not. I'm what complaining my about the was. mean reviews. No, I'm I'm not even complaining about those. It's so if you need to leave a mean review, go for it. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Most of our reviews are positive, and all the people we interact with are absolutely tremendous. Oh, they yeah, appreciate really you are. greatly. They really it all are. started every from a place listener, of great appreciation. Every listener I've ever met, you guys are all so great. Um. On the other hand, it would be wild if someone was like, hey, I listened to Times Ours a couple times. Wasn't my thing. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But instead, what if you just gave it five stars and just only said nice things? Hey, guys. <sighs> fellas. Um, Get us out of here, Nate, please. Spot- Spotify has informed me that we do have a 4.9. So Whoa, Eric. Spotify. People like us on Spotify better than an Apple podcast, I think. That that's that's what I'm gathering. All um, right, Spotify gang. So um, here's here's how we'll we'll end this lovely episode. Read Nate's hey, work on the Athletic. There's a really good piece about Brett Veach building the off building the rebuilding the team. I thought we'd talk about it today, and then I talked about hippos. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, we got again. We got a <laughs> whole other week. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, when, once we're done, I'm going to read you guys the end of the, of a review. Ooh, once we're okay. done. Like, do you want this to be on the podcast, Seth? No. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, sorry, listeners. I blame Seth. Tweet. Seth I tried. I tried. Um. So, I'm going to end it with this. Um, it is a text from my father, Michael Taylor. Um, starts that, with four stars. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, he said, uh, "You can, you can use this." So we got clearance, guys. We got clearance. Um, I'm going to read the part that that made me uh, laugh. And then I'm going to read the part that he really wants to be put out there uh, because he couldn't record today. Uh, Quote, and when you think about Sky Moore, oh, my God, he couldn't catch a punt. And just like all Chiefs fans were thinking, Dave Tobe, what are you doing? And we go from that thought to his punt return to put us in position to win the game. Great special teams coaching! <laughs> Exclamation mark! <laughs> <laughs> As I continue, quote: Even Orlando Brown played a really good game. Ouch! And what can you say about Andy Reid that hasn't already been said? And now to the part that. He wants everybody to hear. 
because he wants his influence to spread across uh, Chiefs fans. And how great is our training staff getting Kelsey and Mahomes ready to play? Dot, dot, dot. All the coaches and all of the training staff should demand a raise. (laughs) So, even though we have not talked to Rick Burkholder, (laughs) even though Julie is with Patrick basically from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., even though Tiffany, who I've talked about before, um, is, is one of the, like, one of the best like athletic trainers uh, based on guys I've talked to who have been on multiple teams uh, Tiffany Morton um, yeah my, my my dad believes that if they win the Super Bowl that they should all get races that they should all demand races that they should they should uh, they should get the cap numbers to go way up <laughs> next season so if my dad uh wants to praise them. I, I definitely wanted to get that message out to your Amanda Croft, obviously Rick Bokroler. Uh What's Julie's last name? I, I guess I should look. Uh, Frymeyer. Frymeyer. I hope I'm pronouncing you. it correctly. Yeah, and obviously uh, Tiffany Morton. So, you know, just as the team obviously gets ready for one more game, um, my dad wanted to, wanted to give his thanks to the Chiefs medical coaching and training staff. <laughs>